you like to hunt. Yes. And one day you were hunting yes. on your property, which is very, very rural. You're, you're, out, you're out in the mountains. I'm back mountains. in the woods. Yeah, you're right. way, Close you're to the river. It, as a, a crow flies is a term they use, um, 10 minutes from New River Gorge Bridge. Which is, if you look on a map, it's just wilderness. Everywhere. It's wilderness everywhere. Yeah. I got a hunting camp, or a, it was, I guess it'd be like a hunting camp beside my property, and it's over 2,000 acres. So, and nobody hunts it. So this, this land is not touched probably nine, 10 months out of the year. And nobody lives anywhere near. Nobody lives, no. So tell me what happened one, one day. During deer season, um, we were in the ground blind. And leading up to this, the reason why I got this, and I want everybody to understand, I did not believe in Bigfoot. I've never believed in it. I ridiculed people. And so, no, I did not believe in this thing. But my wife told me she's seen it a few times growing up. She's lived on this property since she was 12, 13. So she's seen it. So I noticed that the food I would throw out during this time of year leading up to deer season, I always throw out, you know, corn, put them in the feeders, everything. And I noticed it was disappearing way too fast. So one night I set up, I knew I, from the trail cam, I had a family of raccoons. I, I still didn't see them eating 50 to 100 pounds of apple corn. And then the peanut butter would disappear that I put out. So I decided one night, my wife was working over, I said, I'm going to go up, I'm going to set up a mining light, and I'm going to shine it down on the food, and I'm going to set up at the crossbow and see if I can knock off some of the raccoons that's up there. So that night, around the time that the raccoons would show up on trail cam, it was just eerie quiet. And it, the way I explained it to people, it, the way people ex explain paranormal, like there was like a static in the air. It was the weirdest feeling. And I heard something coming. And this thing was, it didn't come up the game trail like all the other animals. This thing went around, which showed intelligence. It went around and it come up behind my ground blind. And my ground blind, I'm looking at you. My ground blind behind me is actually open. So it's open probably that wide. So whatever it was that walked behind my blind seen me. And as it walked, it stopped. And we're talking dry leaves, branches, no rain, no nothing. And this thing never made a sound. It literally stood behind me for 30, 40 minutes and never made a sound. Me, I'm terrified because I'm sitting here with all this food in here and I'm thinking it's a bear. I'm thinking it's a big black bear that has moved in. So I adjusted and when I adjusted in this, this seat, it moved again. And as it moved, and you gotta think, my, this mining light's hung up eight and a half, maybe nine foot off the ground. And as this thing moved, I watched the silhouette of it block the food out. I'm still thinking bear because a bear can stand up and walk on two legs. So I text my wife. I said, I don't know what just walked behind this blind, but it was massive and it blocked that light out. She immediately said, you just had a Bigfoot. Once again, I laughed at her, thought it was funny. Um, so once a week, I stock my blind. I'll take up because it's tough to every time you need it to carry it up 100 yards up a hill and everything. So we take one day, we load the truck up, we take the truck up on the hill we load the ground blind with food, and we did this every Sunday, religiously. So we went up and dropped the food off that day, and I told her, I said, let's just set up here a little bit and see if that was a bear that moved in. I went ahead and put the corn out, put the peanut butter out. It was a couple hours before dark. We went inside the ground blind and sat down. And I think what led up to this picture is the fact that every day, I would throw the food out and be off the hill by 4.30 at the latest to let the scent die down so the deer can move in 
going because my neighbor has a pond. They come across my property. This day, I told her, I said, let's sit in the ground blind. We went and sat in the ground blind. Had the food. I'm still messing with the food down here, getting everything aligned, getting everything straightened up. And about 20 minutes into it, my wife reaches over. She's sitting on this side of me. She grabs this arm, a death grip. And she was like, oh my gosh, there he is. And I'm still not looking at this time. I'm still, and I'm like, who? And she was like, it's Bigfoot. And I, I was like, shut the hell up. There is no Bigfoot. You know, I'm still looking. She was like, I swear to God, honey, look. And when I raised up and looked, I can't explain what I seen. I mean, I can, but I can't explain the emotions that I had. I could see the blonde under his eyes. We were, he was probably 30, 35 yards from me. I'm looking eye to eye with something that's supposed to be mythical that I didn't believe in. I, I couldn't put it into words. This thing was so big. And he, the way I explain it to people is it looked like a silverback gorilla. If you could take a silverback gorilla, give it the human stature, the legs, the arms, that's exactly what this thing looked like. And we took the picture at 429, which is the reason I said at 4.30. So this thing, I think we tricked it. We accidentally got a picture of him. I think he was behind this big tree in the picture, waiting, and thought we had walked off when we had gotten the blind and got quiet. So I had, I keep a camera with me all the time. And what I do is I take pictures of the deer and stuff as they grow. So I'll take a picture this year, look at one the next year, and I name them and all this typical hunter stuff. So I grabbed it, and as I grabbed, I just wanted to take a picture, and as I, as I raised it up to snap the picture, he starts to turn. So in the picture, his arm's out to the side, and he's turning. As he walked off, shoulder to shoulder at 30 yards, his back look is amazing. I, I compared it to the tailgate of a truck. That's how big this thing was. And he walked back the way he came, I'm assuming, and beside my property is a big laurel thicket, very, very thick. So one could stand there and you could walk 10 foot from it, probably never see it. But as he got down there 100 yards, and like I said, the static in the air was crazy. Every hair on my body was standing up through this whole event. And when he got down out of the woods, he let out like a ooh back at us. And you could feel it. It was almost like if you've ever been to a circus and heard a lion roar, the bass that you can feel when the power in the, in the, the roar of a lion is exactly how this was. And this thing had to be 100 yards from me, if not more. And how tall? I've had researchers from everywhere, Canada, um, New York, everybody that searched for Bigfoot come to my property, set up cameras, everything. Um, they had a professional tracker. Um, they found an actual print, which if you watch Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot, they got the original print that I sent to them, which you can see the toenails and everything in it. It's crazy. But... She went and she took, they just don't look at the print and say, this is what it weighs. They look at the soil, how soft it is. They went through this whole thing. They measured it. Um, so she estimated that this thing weighed anywhere from 850 to 1,000 pounds. And she said it stood anywhere from eight and a half to nine foot tall, if not taller by size comparison of a guy that was six foot two with his hands over his head. And it was still taller than that. His hands come to about the eyes of it. So it was, it was massive. Absolutely massive. I can't explain it. I can't put it into words what I've seen. So, I mean, there have been quite a few people that have told me they've seen Bigfoot. And they just kind of like, they don't make a big deal about it because no one really believes them anyway. Like, I, I can so understand. You're, you're, you're not the first. but I set five five months on that picture. I had it, and I 
since the day I seen it, I've done thousands. I bet hundreds of thousands of searches. So, so Bigfoot, the, the original, the most of the Bigfoot stories have sightings on the West Coast, right? Northern California, Oregon, I think Washington. So now Bigfoot's in West Virginia. There's there's Greyhound buses, I guess, and there's trains, right? <laughs> uh, yes. And the funny thing is, is if you watch the Finding Bigfoot, I talk to Cliff and Bobo, especially Bobo all the time. He's the favorite of everybody. And he's planning on moving here. He thinks this, he calls it the sca- sa- see, the squatchiest place on earth. He thinks that West Virginia. Well, the, the terrain is certainly perfect for right, it. Right. Because my wife's family, um, her grandma, grandpa, great grandma, grandpa, her uncle that lives down the road from us, they're all full blooded Cherokee. Her uncle's name's Bear. There could be dinosaurs here and no one would ever find them. Oh, no, you'd never see them. And even growing up, she told me that her grandma and them would not let her out early in the morning, late at night, and she was not allowed around the tree lines because the big hairy man would get her. And this is coming from full-blooded Cherokee Indians. So I seen a pattern for her growing up and to be able to see him. She's seen him a few times, and I just didn't believe her. I just Because I didn't believe in him. I've been hunting 30-some years. I was in the Marine Corps. I've been all over the world. They just I didn't believe in him. So you didn't get the, the feeling that it was a, a predator for you? No, no. It had us. It had me that night. If it wanted me, it had me. They're elusive. I, that's why I try to tell people that people are like, why didn't you shoot it? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because when you're looking, when I looked at this thing, it looked just like us. I mean, it, it's so hard to explain. That's why I tell people, I just wish you could go in my head and see what I'm saying. You, you think it's more human? Do you think it's more uh, like a bear? or? I think, I think it's more human-like as far as intelligence because they evade. You got to think we're going into their world. And there's not many miners that can say they are not miners, but hunters that can say they've went in the woods and seen a bobcat. How many bear have you found dead? So with that being said, I mean, you're going into their world. They've been here. It's hard to tell how long. And you're, you're not going to see them in the woods. Just like you said, where I live, it is so, you know, so wood, you know, there's woods everywhere. There's, there's nothing around but woods. So they could, live there and you'd never see them. They, they're in places that nobody's ever walked. So I don't know. I would, I, I don't know how to put it. I, I, people can make judgment as far as what they think it was by the picture. I told them all I can tell you is it stood like a man. It was big. It was hairy and brown and it had blonde. I noticed it had blonde yeah, under its mostly, eyes. Mostly brown. It was like a reddish brown, uh, real dark. I mean, and if you notice, even like the Patterson-Gimlin film, my picture was taken within three days. So I think during that time, they forge. Like when they move more north during the summer months and stuff. And then I think they go southern during the winter months looking for food. So I think they forge as they go through, which is why I got the picture. Because I'd been throwing corn out. I hadn't had any until about two or three days before I got the picture is when I noticed things changing. So I think he had come through, seen the food and that I was sending it out every day, putting it out, and he just stayed there eating. That's, I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Because, like I said, I didn't believe in him. But you, you've, you've been contacted by a lot of the... Oh, yes. I've been con- producers from Travel Channel, which I let you hear that one. Um, Animal Planet. I've talked to translators in China and all these places looking for Yeti. I've done podcasts with NBC, MSNBC, ABC, Connecting Veterans. Um, 
gosh, a bunch of cryptid paranormal podcast. Um, I've done, I've went to Paracons and, uh, it was funny because it was only two weeks after I put the picture out at a Paracon in Morgantown and I went in and they had my picture blown up on a poster, a big, it was, it was just wild to go in there and see that and be a guest speaker. So I don't, I don't know. I can tell you right now, talking about drugs around here, if you could take the feeling that I had going from shocked to scared to excited, the adrenaline rush, if you could put that in a pill, there's not a person in this world wouldn't be addicted because that was just the craziest feeling ever to see something that you didn't believe in. And the local news come out and did a, a story on it. And uh, I told them, she asked me, she was like, what was it like when you seen it? And I said, well, I said, it was one thing to see it. It was a whole different ball game to watch it walk off. But in that moment, that however long it was that we sit, that it stood there, everything that I didn't believe in become a possibility. The Mothman, which I didn't believe in, I think it's a possibility. The Loch Ness Monster that I didn't believe in, it's a possibility now. So it, it, it altered my life. There's not a day it goes by I can't think about this thing. Almost like a curse. I think about it every day. I talk to people about it. I show pictures because I'm still, I'm still in shock. 